Welcome to Trust the Bachelor Process, a podcast where Bachelor superfans and sisters, Alex and Sarah, discuss all things Bachelor Nation, typically with a glass of rosé in hand, our two true passions. So sit back with us, sip rosé with us, and enjoy the journey with us. Welcome to week six, episode six of The Bachelor starring Matt James. Um, I, yeah, I've actually, this is unlike me. I've lost track of the weeks. <laughs> oh, so I'm so glad because that means that I can just claim that whatever week it is, like matches with whatever the episode is. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, wait, okay. before we get started. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, go for it. Go for it. Oh, I was about to say the same thing. Oh, okay, great. You go though, you go, you go. I feel like Sarah and I have both, like we've both took in a lot of content the last week and we're both feeling it very, very hard. Yeah. So like for me, it was framing Britney Spears on FX on Hulu. And I think for Sarah, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I believe it was the book Admission. Yeah, I read Admission in like, less than 24 hours and it's a fictional story but it's from the point of view of the daughter of essentially Lori Laughlin in the college admission scandal um like in the midst of like the scandal happening to her so it's so interesting so that it, it's so fascinating oh my god <laughs> it's every chapter is now and then now and then so it starts the now starts with the fbi coming to the door and arresting her mother the then starts with the beginning of her senior year and then the and then like then like the two stories like collide at the end (laughs) oh my god that's amazing it's honestly really yeah, it's like really good. Like I don't like I feel like some people like really didn't like it. I thought it was like amazing. And you know what? I felt pressured to rate it a 4 out of 5 on um Goodreads, but like and I even wrote in my review I was like I probably give like a 4.5 out of 5 and I think I'm like being embarrassed or something cuz I probably would give it a 5 out of 5. I think like you know, this is a bachelor podcast and I feel like our listeners and us are people who earnestly like to enjoy the things that they enjoy. And I hope that you feel the freedom to just maybe go back and rate it a five out of five because like there should be a level of pretension involved in what kind of art we appreciate. Like that is a beautiful story to tell and like that's one that deserves to be told so give it a five I think I'm gonna do it too because then like it recommends books based on your rating so it's like Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna go like I think I'm gonna adjust some of my ratings that I was embarrassed because I've read a lot of YA this year and I'm just (laughs) you need to just like be like you know what I like it (laughs) 
I don't know if you guys are on Goodreads, but it's basically like a social media platform where you like rate and review books that you've read over this past year. But I, I too have felt that pressure because I feel like I'm around literary types to rate things lower uh, that should be like, like I can write with homegoing and admission. Like I'm allowed to rate both of those yeah, five. The five. two are not mutually exclusive. Like yeah. you can have a, like a higher brow taste and also enjoy like kind of a fluffy novel to the same degree, but for different reasons. I'm, I'm Thanks. all for that. Thanks. I'm going to go ahead and address some of my writing. Okay. <laughs> yes, please do. I, I follow you. So I will be watching. <laughs> okay. Alex, tell us what you need to tell us about Brittany, because I know it's been on your mind. <laughs> okay. I like, well, Brittany in general has been on my mind for about like 20 years, like 20 <laughs> solid years. Alex, for those who don't know, Alex loved Britney. Like many of us, like I would say I loved Britney. Alex loved Britney. Dressed up as her for Halloween like multiple times. Multiple and times, full closet doors covered. Yes, the entire room. wall was covered in like magazine cutouts. Alex never played with dolls. I like loved Barbies and Alex never played with dolls, but she had like every collector's doll that was like Britney. I needed, yeah, of course. And they were not for playing. They were- No, for she playing. kept them in the box and like put, kept them on display on her shelves. And I was like, can we play with the Britney doll? And you were like, no. I should like probably ask mom if like that's still around because maybe it's worth something someday, like right now. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Maybe I, they sold it to get the Peloton. <laughs> yes our parents got a peloton and it we all know it's a, Everyone knows. a it's lush fun. expense by the way a lot of people in my life have pelotons and if you haven't noticed their marketing now is no longer rich people in sky rises or whatever like hot like sky rise apartments they're like people in shitty apartments like <laughs> because they, they're making the peloton accessible and it's working because literally all my friends have them like everyone's gone oh gosh they just have to take loans out to get them like all of us normal people um well speaking of the antithesis of normal people yes i have seen framing britney spears this past week and i don't know that i've ever been moved by a single hour and 17 minutes of television like I, um, you guys, we destroyed her as a collective community. We, we built a young girl up so we could destroy her. And I feel like ever since watching that documentary, I've been like grieving her, like feeling all of these, like feelings of guilt for how we might've been able to, how we contributed to it. And she's just a beautiful spirit who the the light and the thing that made us made her so incredible was the thing that we sabotaged and so we could dim it and it's just like sort of disgusting and ultimately I hope it forces us all to take a deeper look into how we treat um young women who are coming up in the industry and with that said, I, I feel like I watched this episode of The Bachelor 
with a different eye after having watched Framing Britney Spears because I, I feel like I'm deeply sensitive <laughs> and I'm also right so I don't know what angle I'm going to be coming from this Alex doesn't know whose side she's on I I don't know I have to say um so before we get into this week Victoria was eliminated last week and we we chatted about it with our with our two gal guests and um which was an amazing episode my favorite of the season please check it out yeah you guys should listen if you haven't it was so fun (laughs) we had a blast um but I, I actually have a level of sympathy for Victoria that I didn't have prior to recording that episode. Sarah, I'm not sure if you saw like the TMZ videos that were leaked to Victoria. Have you seen them? No. Okay. Um, well, they're basically Victoria out on the town in West Hollywood because LA has stupidly opened up and allowed people to eat outside and I guess a lot of people have opened up yeah yeah and I guess Victoria yeah and for the record LA's numbers are worse than the rest of the world so just yeah keeping that in mind um Victoria went out to eat in West Hollywood she was masked up and somebody from TMZ pulled her aside to let her know or to like to say to her she was just like um, well, how do you feel that Matt let you go because you're a bigger girl? <gasps> yeah. So Victoria is experienced. Also, is she? Like what? Like that? I yeah, I, I I mean, I don't know that she is like I think if we were to see her in the real world, we would see a very slim human being. But compared to these women on the show, yeah. I think what's unfortunate is um like I we are using the same tactics that yes Gloria used against women against her and if well, we're going to be an example for people we have to show kindness towards Victoria and again I think like if you were to look at her objectively or if you were to meet her on the street you'd be like oh that girl's like pretty <laughs> Yeah, like conventionally pretty, but because she's not like she's worse at putting herself together or she might not be like a size double zero, we feel like we're entitled to criticize her body, which is completely untrue. Yeah, well, this is how like the villains on every season typically like become the fan like the fans kind of rally behind them right because like as someone's a villain you know we kind of saw this with Sarah would I label Sarah as the villain I'm not sure but like when someone becomes the villain then everybody attacks you now have empathy for that person so it sounds like it's happening to Victoria kind of after the fact I mean ultimately Victoria was not nice to the other girls she said horrible things about them a lot of these women same thing but it's like now it's yeah it's a circle because now we're calling MJ a mean girl and it's just gonna kind of like keep going round and round and like we're attacking these women for doing the same thing that they did to somebody else yeah I'm if you're gonna have the eye for criticism I don't think that you can use the same tactic tactics against these women that they were using against these women and what's unfortunate for these ladies is that we the public are 
we have, there's more of us than there are of them. So I think what's going to happen to people like Victoria is specifically because she has been like pinpointed as the villain is she's going to receive a massive amount of hate that is, um, what's the right word to use? It's like, it's, it's not as big, big as what she it's disproportionate to how she was bullying these other women. But with that said, I feel I even feel anxious saying that because I'm like, well, she treated these people horribly. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm also I I feel like I'm confused because I'm like, well, how can we be critical without using the same tactics to belittle her that she used to belittle these other women? Um, and ultimately, I just know in my heart that it's not to criticize her for her size. She's objectively a beautiful woman, and that's not how we should be calling her out. Yeah, yeah, that no, that's that's terrible. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't see any of that. Um, mm -hmm. Oof, yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about that too, and I know like Katie called it out in the in the early days when like Katie defended Sarah, and then all like Twitter was like attacking all these other girls, and Katie's like, hey, you can't like pra you can't praise me for my kindness, and then go turn around and bully these other women. Um, yeah, and it's true. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know how we, I think on a personal level, there's like how you do it is like, you don't use the same tactics, but you tell them that they messed up and you have some learning to do. And I'm going to be here cheering you on, right? That's how you do it. As a, as a public, I don't know. Because there is like right now, and this is like probably a greater conversation, but it's like, how do you hold people accountable, but not push them even further towards the haters, like towards, you know, well, hard. that is always the tricky part. I mean, like, I feel like there have been like countless intellectual podcasts, you know, that would, which you can right. <laughs> outside of this one, we're just trying to, you know, have fun and recap the bachelor that you know, it sometimes liberal people face so much hate that the alt right are like, "Well, we will welcome you. With we'll take arms. you." And when yeah. you're canceled so hard, you kind of like look to the open arms to be like, "Okay, well, you will accept me, so I guess I will do this." And ultimately, I don't think that's what we want either. Like, I think what we want is to stop it at the base level <laughs> for slut shaming to not happen for toxicity in the house to not happen for bullying yeah. to not happen um and i think we need to address the issue at the source rather than perpetuating the bad behavior that these women were exhibiting in the first place so i i'm, I'm anxious to talk about this episode because i'm also just like oh well how do we be critical without doing that <laughs> so well, i'm very scared with like about um justenia and Meredith? <laughs> is that her real name? MJ's real name? Is it Meredith? You didn't just said you called her Meredith. And then MJ was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, that washed over me. I didn't even oh hear it. She literally was like, I mean, how would you feel, Meredith? And then MJ was like, you did not just <laughs> you did not pull that card wow that feels like my mom calling me alexandra what yeah exactly exactly i yeah well we talked a little about the, a little bit about this last week but it's like 
it's important for Matt to know who's starting horrible rumors about other people. Like it, it, he needs to know that because yeah, he needs to know who these women are, but it is to the point where I think he can just remove himself from the drama of the house. If it like, it's kind of done with, um, I think it was probably the good thing for MJ to go. I, I think she is someone who maybe watching herself back will realize some of the hurtful things that she said. Um, and maybe that's how you learn. You film yourself. I have to ask you, how did you feel about like, because they made a very conscious decision to show her process about like getting in the right place to have this conversation with Matt. So you would like sort of see these moments where she was vulnerable and she'd be having her feelings and she was sort of unfiltered. And then you kind of would see her fluff her hair and be like, no, I, I can do this. Like, I am not going to, I'm not going to let weak bitch energy, you know, take me down. I think she's like 24, right? Probably. I think she's really young. And to me, it just felt like something like that where it's like, yeah, like I'm a girl boss and I'm going to act like a girl boss. And I think everyone can have that attitude, but just like, um, like any age, I mean, can, can have that attitude. But I think it just felt like that's kind of like her go-to rather than letting herself just like be vulnerable for herself. Right. It and felt like, like a defense mechanism because it felt like maybe what was happening is she's realizing she did make some mistakes. Well, what was so interesting and what we've seen so many times in this season is like when people come forward with like really valid points, it's like we see the people who have been lying like MJ sort of flailing. So Jacinia regardless if she was like a bit of a tattletale or not, she has like a lot of shit to back up her, like her feelings about MJ. And so MJ would sort of get defensive and just mention the word character over and over again. And anytime that a valid point would be brought up, she would just sort of smack her down. And like, ultimately, I just think that Matt isn't interested in either of them. So he was just like, well, because the accused is being called out, like, because, and because I'm not interested in her and because I don't really have a compass, I'm just going to send MJ home. Okay. That's an interesting point. I don't, I think you're right. I don't think he really liked either of them. I do though. I actually think Matt has a sense of who these people are and is a very good judge of character. Okay, well, you love Matt. <laughs> no, but I'm sorry, I was talking about it. Think about the women that he likes the most. Michelle. Michelle, Brie, Serena P. But Rachel, Sarah? <sighs> Listen, here, okay, you know what? <laughs> Since you've all been asking me, <laughs> Here are my thoughts on Rachel now today. It super sucks that we can't hear from her right now. Totally. And I, and, and that's not a fault of her own. It is a fault of her contract. Like we, she can't, she can't speak. She doesn't have a chance to redeem herself right now. What it feels like is she was in college and she was impressionable and she was in a sorority and she went to parties and did things and that are that 
I hope she could be, you know, she'll be ashamed of. I was also like in college and should have known better. I should have known better as like an adult person, but I didn't. And I like, I've done stupid stuff as well. I hope that she can recognize this. I know that she's still pretty young and like freshly out of school, but right now it's hard because her, her mother is the one like going out and defending her. And like, I even saw um, reality Steve post something like, Hey, do you, would you guys, since we can't hear from her, would you be interested in hearing from a family member of hers? It's just so not the right thing. And it's like, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And I don't like the things that I saw that she did and said on the, and, and were posted on the internet. I think that she has a lot of learning to do, but I'm not ready to make a call on her until we can hear from her because anyone in her family is going to defend her to the death. They don't like her sister, her mom, they don't want to see her get taken down. They love her. So they're going to do and say anything they can to, to, to defend her. So I, I, I want to be hopeful. I don't know. So I'm going to choose not to like have an opinion about her as a good or bad person until we can hear from her. I think it's how I feel about it. No, I, and I do get that because she is incredibly young. I believe she is also like on the younger side of these ladies. I think she's, I think she's like fresh out of school. Like, yeah. Yes. And like, sometimes you're so like beholden to the traditions of your sorority or whatever. Um, but ultimately what that means for me is because she's sort of this new spring chicken that's out in the world and has been like, I don't think she's hateful. I think she's ignorant, but because yes. she's so ignorant, I do think that um, she should spend a little bit more time like educating herself and getting a more worldly view of where we are in today before she, like that should be her priority before deciding to marry somebody because yeah. we have seen her interact with the women and she does seem like pretty kind and open and like I mean, we don't know the the day-to-day -day interactions but all we know is what they've shown us and she just seemed like kind of a nice girl um yeah I 100% agree with you Alex I think that this could be like you didn't know better and that's because of your own privilege and I've been there at, but mm -hmm. I am now opening my eyes and doing what I need to, to learn. And I think she needs to be in that mindset as well. That should be her headspace, especially right. like, and listen, I am not an expert on this by any means because I'm, I feel like so many people I've also been, you know, I've become aware of my own privilege in a way that I haven't over this past year. But um, if she is going to marry somebody who is outside of her race, like that is a responsibility that she should take on. Um, yeah. But I do like her openness, you know, like I like that. I think. I think that we saw her like being introduced to like new kinds of people and new kind like new ways of thinking. Um, this is going to sound silly, but like in that episode where they had to recite sex scenes because she was like, I have never done anything like this. I've never known, like I've never seen anything like this. Like, I don't know. And she felt like opened up in a way after that. That was like interesting. Like she was like, I feel like I, felt my power and I felt the power of women like, through, 
watching that. So like, I don't know. I mean, maybe like, yeah, maybe the show. I do think she has, yeah, I do think she has the ability to have her eyes open. And I think that the, the evidence points to her having been raised in a very toxic with within a very toxic perspective yeah I think um, but um so MJ <laughs> anyway MJ goes it's I, she has some learning to do as well there's also this like Serena C Katie drama that was interesting oh. I think ultimately what's going on is Serena C is getting no time with Matt. She knows that she's getting nowhere and she's really, really frustrated. And it's really easy to be frustrated at Katie because Katie has kind of like pulled the curtain into who all the, pulled back the curtain to see who all these people really are. Well, yes. And I think there's a lot going on here. I think A, Serena is upset that her friends are gone because I think Serena C, I know that Katie had mentioned that MJ is the last of the Mean Girls Brigade, but I actually think Serena C is the last of the Mean Girls Brigade because we would see sort of Serena pile on at the end. She wouldn't necessarily say anything of substance, but she'd be like, and yeah. But then we saw her sort of go toe to toe with Katie. And even though Serena C was sort of on the wrong side of it, that argument was so fast when they were going back and forth. Like I was trying to take notes (laughs) the whole time, but um, like ultimately the takeaway is like Serena has in her head that Katie is not here for the right reasons. And Katie's like, well, you do not have anything to back that on. So why are you running your mouth? And ultimately it sort of seems like the ladies are landing more on the side of Katie. At yeah, least that's what I they showed on the, on the show. I think because everyone's sick of it. And they see that like, if you're mean, you go home. I mean, that's like literally what this season is. If you're yeah. mean, you go home. Also, that scene was proof that they let you have books because someone was reading Crazy Rich Asians. It was on the coffee table. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Chicklet is a, a plenty in the Bachelor Nation. Um, I also just want to point out how iconic it was to watch Katie say thank you for your feedback. Um, yeah. When <laughs> Serena was going after her for being the arsonist. It's very interesting watching Katie fight with these women who are significantly younger than her because I feel like Katie has these points like lined up in her head. She's been thinking about it on the regular. She has been through this stuff. So when like girls who are operating from a place of pettiness, like they're playing two different games. Like, yeah, like we're not watching a formidable fight. Like Katie is just going to smack everybody else down but everyone else is operating on like with different rules or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. They are on different levels. Um, so Piper. Oh yes. I like her. I don't know. Like, I feel like we didn't know much about her. I have to say I wasn't paying the most attention during their one-on-one date, but this was a surprising, this was a surprising person to me for Matt to like, because I feel like, the women that he's really super interested in kind of have similar personalities. And Piper seems like kind of very energetic, very like, I, I, I don't know if playful is the word, but just very different from the from the 
kind of group of women that he seems to really be falling for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is interesting. First of all, this carnival looks a lot different than the carnival that you were so um, upset about that Brandon tried to present to Tasha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, during her season it was not a makeshift carnival it was an actual carnival it was a real carnival <laughs> it was a real one um this to me like to me the two of them very much feel like how I want Rachel and Matt to feel where it does it feels like it's all physical chemistry but we don't necessarily see them interact on an emotional level like yeah but they like kiss each other real good and she's like laughy and giggly but she's also can be serious when she wants him to be but I still haven't necessarily seen them talk about anything significant I know that she you know quote unquote opened up about needing to be more patient um or needing him to be more patient but like um I'm realizing that it doesn't matter what story you tell, as long as you cry when you do it, that's going to be enough for your okay. like, emotional So you story. just need to have a tragic, and like a tragic story can have a spectrum of tragedy. It just, like, ultimately, if you show yourself crying, then that is enough for the, the lead to accept you as lovable. <laughs> it's like crying shows you care or something in this okay. universe. And that's I, what it yeah. I like her, like, a huge ton. She, like, she feels like a, like, she looks so young. I know. She looks a lot younger than them. I was thinking the same thing. But she's so cute. And she also seems like, it also seems like Matt's having a lot of fun with her when they're together. Yeah. Like, regardless of the fact that they didn't like necessarily share a conversation based on specifics, it looks like they're having a genuine great time together. At the yeah. I like it. I don't want to begrudge anybody that. <laughs> Alex and her are like we can't we're not mad at any of them we like them I, I'm literally I'm just like I don't want to say anything bad about anybody <laughs> I know um, okay I know. in the spirit of not saying anything bad about anybody Sarah um how do you feel about Heather showing up okay I saw Nick Viall tweeted and it pretty much summed up summed it up for me <laughs> he tweeted either Heather wants to be on tv or Hannah Brown is the worst friend ever for not just giving her Matt's phone number. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, like, I, I don't, oh, Heather. Heather, Heather oh, sorry. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, Heather feels like there's this episode of um, How I Met Your Mother. And there's this girl that they, in their flashback that they call Honey, because no one can remember her name. But like every time she talks, you just kind of want to go, oh, Honey. And like, <laughs> that's how I feel about her. I don't think like she's like great. driving, like she drove the production van herself, like in her dress. <laughs> okay, so the whole Heather thing. So like Heather is famously known from Colton season as being the girl who has never been kissed but she was like kind of cool and fun and she fitted in a lot with the other girls also that was like apparently a lie <laughs> oh my god okay well oh interesting um 
she had a couple of moments of instigation, but like ultimately, like she is in your group of cool girlfriends, should you have yeah. one. And I guess that the like narrative they're telling was like Hannah thought they would be like really close and that they would like really hit it off. You should be on the season. So I have heard like it's through my internet sleuthing that this is sort of the backstory of what set Dylan Barber off about um like that's why he went like crazy on Twitter. Yes. And ultimately she was promised something different than what they delivered her, which was you will be a part of this season. But instead of integrating her either in like the first stage of women or the second stage of women, they integrated her in the third stage of women, which ultimately set her up to completely fail. Because obviously at that point, the women are so exhausted and it's like all of the producers, it's the production that's like pinning these women against each other because, you know, all of these girls- That's are what I said. I was like, we should be mad at production. <laughs> yes, it's like all these women are forming connections and then new people come in and you can't help but like be protective of like, uh, like the, I think the Taylor was talking about this last week on our podcast of like the base reality of like the- impossible circumstances that you're dealt and so now like more women are being brought in and Heather's being bullied but like at the same time that's not necessarily what Heather signed up for because she was probably told she was being brought in earlier that sucks yeah because I don't blame the girls for being mad at her I I also feel bad but I also feel bad for Heather too yeah I didn't blame them for being mad when the five girls came in. They were super validated to be upset. It was just like how they were acting. But this is, yeah, that sucks. This is, I I was curious what set Dylan Barber off. Yeah, I believe it was this. And I think like everybody from that season's pretty good friends with Heather and watching how she was presented because I think she is a pretty affable person. And she's at this point, like the best way we can categorize her as a nuisance for this season. Yeah, I I felt bad for Piper because like Kira walks in this like beautiful blonde in a white gown and Matt is like, just burst into laughter. Yes, Matt handled this absolutely horribly. Like clearly he had a, an understanding of who she was either because Hannah told him about her or because he watched Hannah's season. Uh, most likely because Hannah told him about her. And I don't like, I think that Matt is watching The Bachelor. Like, I think he is. I think he is too. But I imagine maybe what happened was during the quarantine crew, Hannah like FaceTimed Heather in and maybe they haven't like met IRL, but I feel like they've talked before. Oh, 100%. And he was probably really stoked on it. And instead, <laughs> like, and even you heard Piper, poor Piper, and the way she was explaining it to the other girls, she was just like, yeah, no, he just started hysterically laughing and told me to leave. <laughs> yeah this was not as elegant um okay um this is like a harsh turn but I also want to talk about the Katie date because Katie is like obviously the fan favorite we love her so much um and she was unfortunately eliminated on this date um we also got a glimpse of Tyler Cameron which is I think the happiest we've ever seen 
Matt literally uh, Matt is like literally in love with Tyler I on it I felt bad that Katie had to be on this date for a few reasons like because one I think Matt just would have had more fun if it was just him and Tyler <laughs> and I think she knew that and two like I um I know we were we were texting about it with our friend Megan but yeah I agree that if I was Katie and then I like got to see Tyler there like with his shirt off like getting all oiled up I would be like damn but I thought she handled it beautifully like when she was introduced to Tyler she was like she very much did feel like the girlfriend who was meeting the friend like in no way did did she feel like she was interested in Tyler even though obviously obviously anyone would be anyone would be these would be too it would be hard to date either one of them because they're two really really hot best friends (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. That's like, if your boyfriend's best friend is as hot as both of them are, that's, that's hard. Yeah, that's tough. I uh, really tough. (laughs) (laughs) I also think like Katie. I'm glad I've always dated the hottest one in the friendship. Thank God. No, me too. (laughs) Me too. Shout out to our partners. Uh, They're, they're the hottest of the dudes. (laughs) don't have to worry Um, I was oh sorry oh no no go for it I was just cracking up when the masseuse was like I am literally massaging Tyler Cameron from The Bachelor it was very disaster date that like old reality show on MTV and I think like Matt definitely went into the date knowing that Katie he was gonna eliminate Katie because Katie's so good at rolling with the punches and like sort of creating fun out of everything that like Matt was undoubtedly having a ton of fun and he wasn't basing it his decision on that interaction because he was also having a good time it just ultimately came down to the like oh yeah I don't know that I like we have the right chemistry to move forward but it was like a bummer because it wasn't based on the one-on-one day at all like Katie was perfect on that date like she no yeah you're right I did think she was like word vomiting a little bit on the in the dinner portion like she kept talking but I think it's because Matt was like literally not saying anything so she just like kept talking oh yeah yeah but yeah I no you're right and that's probably why I was like able to like have fun with it because he like didn't have like the worry of like do I like this girl like he already knows he like doesn't not doesn't like her romantically Well, and I think Katie was probably sensing the fact that he also wasn't necessarily like engaging her in the way that you would engage somebody if you were interested in possibly moving the relationship forward. So she was like doing a lot of the heavy lifting of like, well, I'll still be here if you want me to be here. Like I, like to me, it sort of felt like she knew what the writing on the wall was. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, most people who are going home know that they're going home with the like, not necessarily after like fantasy suites, but like, I feel like the people that like are on the one-on-one dates, like they can kind of feel it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think ultimately Katie is like contains multitudes. Like she's a very 
like sex positive person, like not necessarily a black and white thinker. Like ultimately, I don't think that Katie's partner comes from this pool of no, 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 no. I think she is just a little too good for this world. Yeah. And I'm yeah. glad that we got her, but I wish her and bid her adieu moving forward because I think that hotter cool guys are in I'm so, I'm so convinced that they, she's in the running for Bachelorette. Yeah, no, I and I have heard that. And I hope that if that is the case, because I think she is like very, and I know that The Bachelor likes to mirror their leads based off of like what is happening in the world. Yeah. Um, that it would be nice to have her in the lead, but I hope they elevate the kind of men that they bring in. Like, I actually do hope that they are a little bit deeper. My worry is like, I don't know that this franchise attracts the kind of guys that would be right for Katie. Yeah, I know. But I mean, Tasha found Zach and those two are, I think, incredible, like together. And Rachel and Brian. Well, you know. <laughs> what? They're happy. I love Rachel more than anything in this entire universe. I Maybe Brian's not like TV friendly, but I have yet to see. I think that's the problem. Okay. I, cause or, I was, or the benefit or the win, probably. Because listen, I was like pro Peter and Peter showed us who he was. Yeah, he was a absolutely Viviana. And it was like, oh wow, okay. But like I I think you're right. I think Brian is not a TV guy. And that's fine. And yeah, that's I think that's totally fine. I just like hope that is the case. Like, and like if he's not a TV guy, I I hope what makes him special as a person is what makes him not compelling to watch on TV. Right. Right, exactly, exactly. And maybe we'll feel that way about Katie. And I think maybe we need to keep that in mind when she's when she picks her, when and if she's chosen and if she picks her partner based on this format. Yeah, okay, back to Matt. Who who do you think is going to hometowns? What four women get it? So it's not oh, next month, the week after. Oh, geez. Um, I think it's gonna be Rachel, Michelle, um, I know I didn't say Abigail, but they keep sort of like boosting her in the. I know. Like, kind of like I think, trying to make I think Abigail happen. Michelle and Rachel are a given, and like, then it kind of comes down to I agree with you, like Abigail, Serena P, Bree. Oh, but I like all of those girls. I know. That's what I meant, Alex. Like all, I like all the girls that Matt likes. <laughs> but he also sort of seems to like Kit. Okay, I like Kit. I, I like no, Kit has like, Kit has grown on me. She, she certainly has. But like, I I, I'm kind of at a loss right now, honestly. Like I, Serena C is gone. Like we don't, we haven't, like she's sort of the last of the stragglers in my Serena's mind. Serena's gone, yeah. I hate to gone. say it because I love her more than anything and I think she's perfect and she's also a contender in my mind for Bachelorette, but I don't think it's there with Chelsea. Yeah, I, I, I agree. 
I would even say Brie might be falling a little bit. I'm a little bit bummed because Brie was such a strong contender in the beginning. And we, like, again, it's exactly what you're saying. She's sort of like faded into the background. I don't know, based on screen time, maybe Abigail, Michelle, Serena P and Rachel. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's pretty solid. So solid guess. They, it is weird. They keep boosting Abigail. I don't, and I, I, I like, I, I had Abigail going to the fantasy suites. I ultimately, Actually, you know who my final three was? Is Sarah, <laughs> Abigail, and Rachel. Well, unfortunately, Rough. one of your girls is gone. <laughs> Rough. Rough. I think I had Kayla in my top four and she just like completely faded. Away. Oh, I had Kayla. I had Mari going like to like the final six. I know. You need that. I imagine Mari was going to be like, you always kind of need that like Tanner of the of the final six, the Tanners, the Carlies, like they make it to the final six for doing absolutely nothing. And then they just like get sent home. Cause like, obviously. <laughs> I think it's ultimately what Taylor and Alyssa were explaining to us last week. Like Mari is representative of like the, like she has like a multitude of qualities that the other girls in the house that he's more into have to a bigger degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got that. And I think the, the issue with this season is that they're they're all so beautiful <laughs> yeah I'm having a lot of fun with this season I'm I'm enjoying it I I know it's like kind of rocky to watch but I like like the teasers like the scenes for next week are intense <laughs> they played like they play kind of like emo music. I want to watch it again after. Well, I think we're getting down to the wire because at this point we've seen Matt. Like we saw, we said goodbye to like some pretty heavy hitters. We said goodbye to Ryan. We said goodbye to Brittany. Like we've said goodbye to some people that Matt seemed like genuinely into. And I think like ultimately because he's validated all of these women wholly, we're gonna get into a very similar situation that we did to Pilot Pete, where it's like okay, well, all of these girls are going to be genuinely shocked when they go home because he's yeah. validating them completely. Like if I, if I were a girl on this show, I'd be like, oh, well, Matt and I are getting married. Yeah. No, yeah. no ifs, ands, or buts. And that yeah. goes for all of them pretty much. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to it going on and watching more people get sent home and being shocked about it. Me too. I mean, I'm, I, this hap this turn happens every season where we sort of like, we get out of like the very fun drama, but that's like kind of shallow. And then we sort of move into like the serious relationship dynamics between people and why certain relationships will work versus certain ones that don't like you sort of move past that phase of attraction and it's like, okay, well, what is actually going to cut, like, what's going to, build a legitimate relationship and then inevitably we'll see these people break up in six months and we'll be yeah. shocked <laughs> yeah it's gonna be great it's the bachelor i know i uh, know and love <laughs> <laughs> we're back to normal <laughs> all right well thanks so much for joining us this week you guys and every uh -huh. week and we'll talk to you soon see you next week 
journey doesn't end here. Follow us on social media at Sarah Elizabeth Franklin and at Alex Ryan Frank. See you later. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with grills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time, then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're You're here to to believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.